Empress Wu Zetian entered the Chinese court as a fifth-tier concubine, but she ended her life as the country's only woman emperor. Once described as hated by, quote, gods and men alike, Zetian has a pretty dang intense rep for ruthlessness. But as we'll see, that is definitely not the whole story when it comes to Wu Zetian's dramatic rise to the top. Hello and welcome to Yesterday's News, a podcast brought to you by Factinate.com. I'm Veronica. And I'm Dancy. And this series has one goal, to make history fun. Because it turns out that when you take away the old words and the fancy titles, anyone who made history was probably a bit of a hot mess. Very, very true. This week, as part of our series on our favorite queens in history, we're discussing Wu Zetian, the only empress of China. And I love her. Yeah, we love Wu Zetian. She's an icon. She's Gucci. (laughs) She's main. She's the main character. She also, as we referred to in the intro, has a really intense reputation for being one of history's greatest villains. I like a good villain, a good villainess. I mean, even if it's true or not. I like a villain, but I get weary when, well, as we'll see, Wu will probably make us suspicious about the terms of her particular villainy. Is she that bad or are men who record history really biased and prejudiced against her? What could it be? (laughs) I feel like I know the answer to that. (laughs) So let's dive into her history here. So as we said at the top there, Wu Zetian was a low-level concubine at the very beginning. She started right from the bottom. She was under Emperor Taizong, and when she first became concubine, she was only 13 years old, which is... Yeah, really young, really young. But... Wu was smart as hell. Her father educated her a little bit more than women were generally educated at the time, so she knew a lot about history and philosophy. And apparently Emperor Taizong was super into that. Well, he was kind of into it. She was never his favorite, favorite concubine, but he he kept her around. He liked her well enough. She was good for conversation. She was like the, the friend with benefits, you know? <laughs> um, but when Taizong died, Wu's life almost got ripped apart. Because at the time when you were a concubine, because um, the past is like super awesome, you were supposed to just go to a nunnery after the emperor died because you were no longer a virgin and you could not be touched after that, you know. I mean, if your boyfriend dies, your life is over. I don't make the rules, guys. That's just how it yeah, is. Sorry, you got to go to a nunnery. And this was not something that Wu Zetian wanted to do, very obviously. Like, who would? So surprising. Yeah, I don't I don't know why. But So she actually, before Taizong died, she came up with the most amazing plan. Amazing and a little shady. She started sleeping with his heir, Gao Zong, who's basically her stepson, in a bid to be like, okay, I know which way the wind's blowing here. Taizong's not going to last long. I'm going to get it with the sun. And then when he comes to power, he's going to remember me, which he did. That's some like Game of Thrones level intrigue. Like, um, I'm thinking of the Chinese version of the Lannisters. And yeah, honestly, for sure. I don't hate it. <laughs> Yeah, she was great. And again, smart, smart, smart lady. So when Gao Zong took the throne, he did. He pulled her back from the nunnery. He was like, no, 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 my concubine now. And Wu's like, "Mm mm-hmm, sweet. Like, I'm so happy right now. Get to be back in the palace and not with those born nuns. So now Wu's living the high life yet again. She's she's snatched herself from the jaws of a very drab fate. But it's not enough for her because – She doesn't just want to be concubine anymore. She's dealt with that. She wants to be empress consort. 
even though there already was an empress consort, a woman named Empress Wang. I'm guessing that Empress Wang will throw a wrench into Wu's plans, yes? Oh, indeed. Or rather, Wu threw a wrench into Empress Wang's plans. What you say? <laughs> Wu's life is like that, like, what's that meme about, like, Russia? Like, in Russia, you don't drive car, car drives you? It's like, that's Wu. <laughs> <laughs> so, Ember Gaozong really did like Wu. Like, they definitely had, like, a mommy and me kind of vibe going on. All I can think is MILF Island, but Imperial China edition. 20 MILFs. 58th grade boys, no rules. Yeah, she's the Jennifer Coolidge of Imperial China. Uh, <laughs> and she bore him many children, some sons. And then in 654, she gave birth to a little girl who dies. And that's a tragedy, but this is Wu we're talking about. So she figured out a way to turn this to her advantage. She blamed the little girl's death on Empress Wang to get the Empress ousted, which worked. Gao Zong was like, oh my god, I can't, I can't believe that you killed my concubine's child, like get GTFO. Look, Wu's life is intense, but that is just a whole other level of, of darkness. It's full darkness. But it gets darker than that, because oh, good Lord. there's a slight chance that Wu actually killed her own daughter herself so that she could blame it on Empress Wang and get her out of power. Yeah. I love a historical villain, um, but that might be pushing it <laughs> even for me. Yeah, it's, it's, that's hard to, to clap for. However, it did work. She became Empress Consort after this debacle. So now she's got everything she's ever wanted. Or has she? <gasps> <gasps> So Wu is now Empress, and what does she do? Well, she has a lot of policies, a lot of achievements, but because it's Wu, all of this comes with a metric butt-ton of drama. <laughs> it's just the way I like it. When she takes power, she has all her old rivals thrown in jail and executed. She also gets all her old allies to pretend like it's treason when people don't like her. So everyone who doesn't like her is automatically committing treason. <laughs> it's like high school drama. Her clique takes power. She's only interested in having her allies around her. Because she's smart. Super smart. And she just gets smarter. So Wu is not satisfied even with this. When she gets all this power, she just wants even more. When the emperor, her husband, and um, also her ex-stepson, <laughs> never forget. We can never forget this. <laughs> When he had these important government meetings, Wu would demurely sit behind this pearl screen and listen in to what's happening in the country. And it became clear, and everyone knew this, that Wu was actually the one calling the shots when it came to what China would do on a political level. Even if the orders came from the emperor's mouth, you know, the idea for them came from Wu's brain. She wore the pants in this relationship. I, I love this for her. Oh, I love it too. Yeah. I love a good <laughs> puppet ruler who just lets his wife take I, the, the reins. The thing was in my head is that like, oh man, Emperor Gaozong was a cuck. He's yeah. a beta male. He's a nice guy. But you know, every guy would be around Wu. It's like, that's what she does. Yes, that is completely right. And here is another example of how she just completely takes the emperor's power. So back in China at this time, only the emperor was allowed to wear yellow. It was like his thing. It was like his his trademark color. 
Like on Wednesdays, we wear pink. In my life, I wear yellow. No one else was allowed to do it. Well, Wu definitely sent a wave through the court when she would walk around wearing yellow constantly. If that's not power dressing, I don't know what is. It's such a power move. It's such a power move. I love it. In any case, Wu is busy getting power, looking fabulous, and then her life hits a good kind of snag. So her husband and and stepson dies alone. And this is very strange. (laughs) I love love this. It hits a good kind of snag. Her husband died. (laughs) It is good. It's good for her. (laughs) And I mean... She may have been behind it. This is the other thing. So her husband dies alone, which is really suspicious because when emperors die, you know, they have people in to like record their last words or wipe the royal brow. And he dies entirely alone. That's suspicious. People definitely think that Wu had something to do with his convenient death. Oh, Gaozong, we hardly knew ye. We hardly knew ye. I knew enough of him. <laughs> and so did Wu. But over the years, Gaozong had helped her out in that they had had four sons together. And if having male babies doesn't keep you in your husband's good opinion back in the day, I don't know what does. Mm -hmm. So at this point, her husband's dead. So her sons are obviously starting to take the Chinese throne. However, this is who we're talking about. So we know she's actually only interested in her having the power. (laughs) Whenever her sons misbehave or just don't fully back down and let her rule through them. She exiles them. <laughs> she does this to three of her sons. And then by the time the fourth one takes the throne, he's just, he's so submissive. He's given up. And even that isn't enough. <laughs> Wu deposes him. Oh my God. And it's at this point that Wu is no longer the empress consort, no longer the mother of the kings. She is the empress of motherfucking China. You did. You crazy son of a bitch, you did. Um, I also just need to shout out that in between all these power grabs and phenomenal yellow outfits, Wu also found time to seduce a hot monk. And in my head, he's definitely played by John Cho, who Mm -hmm. I will always be obsessed with. And she two times him. He gets mad at her and burns down two of her houses. So she strikes back at him by burning down his life, by which I mean she (laughs) definitely executes him and he dies drama i love it and also like i bet you they had really good sex i think Wu could have great sex with anybody that's the power of Wu. so now Wu is empress she's not a concubine she's not a consort she's not a regent she's like the empress and she actually founds her own dynasty the zhu dynasty and starts just living up the high life she's in her like mid to late 60s at this point but she's not slowing down at all Cougar queen. Yeah, cougar queen. This is where we start to see her really blossoming into the role of a ruler. And, you know, with all these intrigues and uh, bad romances, you know, she had her flaws, but she knew how to get stuff done. Under her rule, she made an extremely efficient snitch system out of copper boxes where, like, neighbors could tattle on each other. Uh, and then she would generally come and kidnap and execute <laughs> the person. But it was very, very efficient. It, you know, it worked. And she gave women more rights and freedoms, things like sort of marriage rights, property rights. She even appointed a woman as prime minister, which is incredible. 
She hired regular people for the governments, which people hated because all the nobles were like, "Mm, I'm sorry, my family paid you a lot of money to kiss my butt. (laughs) And she was like, no, meritocracy. She increased China's agricultural output. Like there's actual evidence of these granaries that were huge. And they're just like, oh, my God, like, how did she get all of this grain out to people? But she did it. She did it because she knew what she was doing. Yeah. And this is one of the things that drives me maybe the craziest about her reputation, which is that she's pitched as this man-eating supervillain, but she was also an extremely competent ruler. Come on. She's like if Maleficent was mixed with... Bernie Sanders. Love it. (laughs) And I mean, in between all this municipal diplomacy, she was also staying fine as hell. She um, got nicknames that meant she was super beautiful. She also, to be fair, nicknamed herself complimentary. I'm very hot nicknames like <laughs> the light from the sky. She also said she was an actual goddess. I mean, it's a PR game. It's a PR game. You can't game. love yourself. How the hell are you going to love somebody else, you know? You can get an amen. <laughs> RuPaul and Wusa Chen would have been really good friends. Oh, totally. Shantae, you stay. The other thing that happens around this time, which is also completely fabulous for her, is she befriends slash turns into concubines the Zhang brothers, who were these like hunky Adonai brothers. And there's something about them. I just, Ron knows this. I'm like obsessed (laughs) with them. I think about them a lot. I think about their thruple with Wu a lot. Dancy has for sure written fan fiction about the Zhang brothers. It's not a matter of if it's out there. It's a matter of where is it on the internet. <laughs> yes, I love them. And they were just like known as her concubines because she was like, well, if men can do it. I'm like, I can do it too. And the other thing about the Zhang brothers was it was very like Wu gets her groove back. Like all the <laughs> men in court were like, an elder widow having a good time with hunky men. And they were just like, please, God, just be respectable and like stop banging these guys. And keep it in your pants. <laughs> Wu, you're the empress of China. Yeah, and you know what Wu did? Tell me what she did. She exiled them. <laughs> she- <laughs> it's just such a confident, she knew herself. Like, she's not listening to any criticism. She's just like, get out of my life. Get out. Sadly, though, even though Wu was living her best life, the good times were about to stop rolling. Yep. Okay. So there is a coup in 705. <sighs> I have terrible news for you, dear listeners and Dancy. This is the coup that kills the Zhang brothers. They are no longer with us. I know I'm very, very sorry, Dancy. All my fan fictions include a very tearful goodbye from the Zhang brothers. (laughs) And at this point, Wu is firmly into her 80s. And she's just lost her hot Zhang brothers. What does she have to live for? She doesn't have power. She doesn't have her mancestras. She dies pretty soon Mm. after. And it's at this point that we enter the phase of Wu's legacy. Now, look, I think we've been pretty clear that Wu is kind of a love her or hate her kind of person, but she was a great ruler. You just can't argue with that. However, when you talk about Wu, what you hear about her are these crazy stories. She poisoned a pregnant rival to make her lose the baby. She killed her own niece. Uh, And they go into overdrive. Like Wu chops off her rival's limbs and throws their bodies into barrels of wine as they bleed out. And she like stands over them and says, you wanted to get drunk? Now you'll get drunk to your bones. She's like, it becomes Clint Eastwood. 
Like, it's truly beyond. She imprisons her husband's niece because her husband was nice to his aunt? Like, that doesn't even make sense. So there's this idea that she's jealous and manipulative and overpoweringly evil. They're so prevalent, these rumors. But are they true? I mean, some of them maybe. We know that she for sure executed at least 35 people. But these more diabolical plots, they're probably not true. And we know this because after her reign ended, the next administration launched this huge smear campaign to make her look awful. So was she a saint? No. Is she as bad as she's now known? Almost certainly not. Yeah, and like Wu is so efficient and so in charge that... She doesn't need to kill people that complicatedly. She just exiles them. She's <laughs> no, exactly. She doesn't need to be getting all convoluted. She already has a solution for this stuff. So, in an effort to put some respect on Wu's name, I think we should redo her legacy right now. Hell yeah. So, Wu appointed China's first female prime minister, but her successors tried to erase all evidence that a woman ever held the office. She has a entire dynasty named after her, the Zhu dynasty. However, they also tried to erase that. Boo. And to close us out, here is what I think is the most important distillation of this bias against Wu. So there's a period of time known as China's Golden Age, and it happens when Emperor Zhuangzong brings in all these taxation, agricultural, and education reforms. Well, guess what? That golden age just so happens to occur directly after Wu Zetian's reign. So some historians have argued that China's golden age can only happen because Wu sets the stage for it during her reign. And history only wants to remember her as a bloodthirsty tyrant? Please. Please. <laughs> That's all I have to say on that matter. <laughs> Yeah, it's just, it's really, I'm the first person to, like, delight in bloodthirstiness, to be quite honest. Like, I do, I do love it, and I I love some bad girls, but, like, come on. And also, you can be both. Wu can be a total bamf and have done all this good stuff, but history only wants to see the darker side of her. And, like, also, so many freaking emperors were, were doing much the same, but she's the only one that gets saddled with this sort of monstrous reputation. That's such a good point. Yeah. Whatever amount of stuff she did do, executing 35 people, she may have thought she needed to do it to survive. You know, this is a, a harsh world out there. Yeah, and it's harsher for her specifically. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Then as now, people were not happy about the idea of a woman on the throne. Mm-hmm. So Wu Zetian had to work extra hard to retain her power. She had to kill more people to get the same respect. <laughs> Well, I think that brings us to the end of our episode on Wu Zetian. Thanks for listening to Yesterday's News, a podcast brought to you by Factonate.com. If you want to learn more about our girl Wu, check out our article on her. The link is in the show notes. We'll be back next week with a brand new and also super old, obviously, queen to tell you about. But until then, don't let the bland history textbooks fool you. History was a damn soap opera. 